Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. My brother-in-law made a joke and he said, the only rolls that I like are my stomach rolls. Because <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't want egg rolls or spring rolls. Oh my God. <laughs> well, somebody has to like his uh, rolls, I guess. <laughs> this guy's right? tiny. I don't think he, I think he's, just, I think he's in sit down fit shape, but I won't ask him to, to prove it. <laughs> You should have a sit down shape competition. <laughs> Wonder who would win. Wayne. I would. Wayne would win. No, Wayne has I a would, huge hot belly now. I would lose so hard. I would lose miserably. It's probably Kathy, fucking Kathy with oh, three yeah. kids. She's probably got little washboard abs. Oh, for sure. She, well, I think her and her husband, they're both like runners. They both like to go oh. running in the morning. Nice. So they're both like very, in very, very good shape. Oh. I. Like that she, makes me hate her even more. I'm just easy. <laughs> How could she? Because she probably listened. So, <laughs> Kathy. Hey, Kathy. <laughs> I've been going for walks with Wayne just to like check out the neighborhood or whatever. Mm. And yeah, it's been like. Yeah. So everybody should know as we welcome them into the show, into our private conversation that oh, yeah. is settling into her new neighborhood. She's just got her new house and she has new neighbors and new territory and new things it's to true. smell and see. <laughs> and it's very exciting. So how are you settling in? Pretty good. Um, honestly, it really helped. So both of Mark's parents retired are retired. Mark's mom retired at the end of July. So like perfect timing for our move. Um, and she really likes to keep busy. So the two of them were coming over like every day, um, and just helping unpack boxes and Merck's dad, like tackled some stuff in the backyard. We had a massive wasp nest and he like located it and got rid of it and brought the wood that it was, there was a bunch of rotted wood brought right. it up to the cottage and they burned it. Um, okay. yeah, no, it's been pretty good. Like the neighborhood, I really like it. There's a lot of, um, a lot of kids oh lots that's of, good yeah it's really it's which I, I really like that and it seems like most families have working parents so the grandkids um or sorry the grandparents look after the kids mm -hmm. so when i go to the park and stuff i i've been running into like grandparents and their kids is it far from all the places you used to go to? Like, how far is it from your old neighborhood? You know, like so it's actually only nine minutes. So, like, it's a nine-minute drive. Apparently, it's only a seventeen-minute bike ride, according uh -huh. to our friend that lived in the building. <laughs> um, so he's like excited to come over. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so from that perspective, it's way more walkable. Like, I can walk to the grocery store in six minutes. Nice. Which is amazing. So I yeah, think like, that's great. A lot of the stuff we did was west of our place and now we're east of where we used to live. East, east for life. East, east and life. Yes. <laughs> east, east, east. Well, ooh, you're you're ooh, on the east ooh. end of the DV uh, east side of the DVP, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm like, I think I'm like right north of you now. 
I am an East Ender all the way. I'm from the East Coast. I live in the East End. I don't need those smelly okay. hipsters from the West. I'm all about <laughs> the East, that East End all life. All about the East. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Well, it's a good way to be. We Yeah, we yeah. like the area. Good. No complaints whatsoever. There's tons of parks here. It's great. Thank you. <clears throat> Everything's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was... It was a good decision, I think. But enough about me. How are you doing? <laughs> I think it was a good decision. Is that what you're saying? Right? I think it was a good decision. We were like, oh my God, we just spent so much money. <laughs> Terrifying, honey. I know. And then everything yeah. that goes wrong can go wrong and will go wrong. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Now that oh, you've yeah, moved the move in, was a disaster. Everything's going <laughs> to start falling apart. Like, you're going to, like, oh my God, like some tool, oh, yeah. some, some appliance, <laughs> something's going to totally break (laughs) and it's just going to be just for the first year or two probably you'll have to repair and replace things oh yeah and then you'll just get into the rhythm of stuff getting used to having to spend money replacing things yeah and then in 20 (laughs) years you have to do it again so yeah perfect love it you know (laughs) what's that what's new how's it going what do you want to know everything why were you on a boat it's been it's been a little while. I recently saw while. that Kelly was on a yacht. Yes. Well, with her friend. And I it was so nice. I have friends, Brittany. I don't know if you know about this, but um, <laughs> you have friends, just period. That's where we're, I know you have friends. <laughs> yes. So this friend of mine, Dominique, and I met each other almost 20 years ago in a tailoring class through the. It was a TDSB course we took together. So we took some tailoring classes together. And um, so we became friends during that. And we spent a lot of time together many, many moons ago. Regardless, she's one of my only friends I have left from before I got sober, kind of like, um, okay, she's kind of stuck around, you know, and she was one of these people. Anyway, she's amazing. I love Dominique. And she moved away. She married a dude and moved away to Montreal. She's French. Okay. My friend, and he's French as well. He's actually Belgian. And she's like French, but she's like France French more than Quebecois, okay. you know? Her family's yeah. from Normandy. Anyway. Wow. Okay. So they live in montreal with their two children now and i haven't seen her for i'm gonna say three four years probably and they bought a boat last year i think was last year and it's this huge it's a yacht it's like 40 feet it's two stories oh i saw the pictures it has berths it's beautiful it's an old boat it's not like uh kardashian boat it's not a elon musk boat but it's a boat nonetheless and greg is friends with his her husband on social media okay and saw pictures of the boat and greg sort of invited himself onto the boat he was like he goes (laughs) hey when do we get to go for a boat ride and yeah was like come on down so this is what instigated the whole thing so Oh, that's so nice. We basically said, okay, let's go to Montreal for the long weekend and go on the boat. So fine. And so because my brother from another mother lives in Montreal, I don't know if you know that story, but I can tell it to you as well. Okay. So I have a brother from another mother uh, that I met after our father died. So he's literally from another mother. He was uh, the son from my father's first marriage. Okay. 
out of my father's first marriage, there's a boy and two girls. So there's three of them. And I, after my dad died, this guy got in touch with me. He was not happy that no one told him that our father died. Oh and I, I, so I had to kind of dig myself out of that hole a little bit, but like, I didn't know him. I'd never met him. I, I didn't yeah. get in touch with him. I didn't know if he wanted to know because he was not part of my father's life, etc. So we met each other in 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. So because, and he was just visiting when Greg brought up this proposition that we go on this boat. So then I thought, well, let's drive to Montreal. Craig, my brother from another mother can take our dog while we're on the boat for a couple of days. Perfect. Like we'll stay with Craig for one night, stay on the boat for two, then come back to Craig's for a couple of days. So, you know, we got to spend time in Montreal. We got to go on the boat. We got to eat out. We got to do like touristy things and it was really awesome. And I think we're going to make that it a yearly so tradition. Fun. Oh we're yeah. Make it a yearly thing. Cause it you was really, really do. fun. It was really fun. And it's a reason to see them, you know? Yeah. And like, so, you would not believe I went over to their house on Monday, the holiday Monday and Gab, her husband, Gabriel, he ha used to own his own food truck. So he prepared all these smoked ribs and he made Belgian style French fries and she made wow. coleslaw. And we had like this beautiful meal outside on their deck. And it was just like, oh my God. It was like awesome. I just that sounds it amazing. Was so great. And then Greg and I extended our stay for an extra day so we could sleep and travel home on Tuesday. And traveling home on Tuesday was like a breeze oh, on the yeah. highway. It was yeah. amazing. So yeah, I think we're gonna do it every year. Do it for sure. Well, it's nice to be able to see family and also to see your friend you hadn't seen in a few years. Well, Dominique and I have this unique relationship where she would come to town every year for work. And we always had the same restaurant we would eat out at. We'd go to this place in Toronto called Goldstone Noodle. It's a Chinese place in, at Spadina, on Spadina, around Spadina, and I want to say Dundas. Okay. Between Dundas and college, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it's been there for years and years. And we've had the same waitress for 20 years. We've been going to this place. And That's awesome. It's like our favorite Chinese little haunt that we go to when she's in town. And she was the only person, when I got sober especially, who would get up on a Saturday morning at like 7am and go with me to the CBC radio recording studio and be an audience member with me during a, a show that they used to tape called go on Saturday yes. mornings. Okay. I used to go there. I used to get on their audience list all the time and she was the only one who would come with me. So that's every so cool couple of months I'd get on the list and I'd say let's go to the let's go to go so we would yeah and we'd make a day of it it'd be great my god that sounds amazing that sounds so it was fun. great we were like part, I was part of like the audience appreciation show that they had and I got to be yeah. like on the show and everything and it was really fun I just I love that show so much oh my god I love that show that's so cool I bet you we could find clips of you on the show I don't know. It's so long ago, right? And it was very brief and I was not a big part of it. I'm just like invited to like participate in a game or something, you know? Yeah. Well, it's still cool. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's nice. Sounds like a good friend. Oh no. Like when you know somebody that long, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's like having a sibling almost, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. What else have you been up to? 
Have you been trying to take a break from working and just like general? Listen, I'm getting ready. I'm I've decided to go do this Zimski market this year. Okay. So I'm gonna make all these curentis, these hand hooked curenti. Have you ever heard of a curenti? No. Okay. Uh, is Mark there? Mark, what's a curenti? <laughs> Curentovania. Say Curentovania. Curentovania. <laughs> he says he does not know. Oh my God! You know what? This is so funny. What is Th- it? This is so funny that he doesn't know what that is because his are his parents catholic yes yeah yes okay and when did they come here was it the 60s mark's dad well he would have come here in the 60s yeah okay and mark's mom was born here okay curento vanya is a big huge festival they have in slovenia every year and it started in like the 50s and 60s it was like uh, okay it's a huge winter festival that happens in february march and it's to it's based on the Kurenti is based on this pagan character okay that is a monster and he's meant to scare away winter okay i'm gonna show you you can look it up it is on your a phone. festival in slovenia now look at the images oh, we've talked about this before because i've definitely looked this up yes so i'm making wool hand hooked little curentis for christmas decorations like they're miniature monsters like that yeah oh that's so cool so you can hang them on your tree or hang them wherever you want and i'm gonna make little trees and i'm gonna make little wreaths and whatever else i can muster with my little hands so it's a lot of work so fun yeah it's a lot of work but they're so cute, Brittany. Like they're they're so cute. I love these little monsters so much, and I I want to send go... me a picture. Well, I will once I get some of them made. I'll definitely be. <laughs> I think that's what people are getting for Christmas this year. If I don't sell any, you know, um, you will. You'll definitely I, sell them. I hope I can they're sell cute. them. I I think people will really like the, the thing about people like Mark's parents and like Greg's parents is because they're so catholic they don't like this uh pagan stuff like oh. they're uh, like greg's mother thinks it's like bad and it's so funny because i think it's great because it's a big huge like it's sort of like the winter festival they have in quebec or they have yeah yeah and they just have like parties and parades and every day it's a different it's parade it's so yeah. fun that's awesome i want to do something like that up in at Planitza. I think it would be really fun. Like family day weekend to like I want to make it so the kids can paint their own masks and like have little hairy suits and yeah. like have a mini parade and it just would be really I think it would be, be adorable so to get the kids adorable. dressed up like little yeah little monsters. Little monsters. Like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. I'm here for and it. And then we could get a band and dancing and you know it'd be fun. I love it. I'm going to I'm going to propose it to I think Brian's the one who does the events, right? I don't know. Let me ask. Mark, who does events on the board? Yes, it's Brian. Also look at Wayne. <laughs> he looks terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. He's so splayed. Poor guy. Oh, <laughs> he's had a he, long day. 
His mouth. He is has had a long day. He loves playing with his cousins, and it's the cutest thing ever. Yeah, it's so sweet. They love I him, believe and you. it's just adorable. I believe you. I'm sure it's very adorable, and he's the most perfect baby, and you've never seen a more beautiful baby, and he's the best baby, the words and the right smartest baby, and the most amazingly talented baby. Of course. <laughs> All of these things. There's no baby that is better than Wayne. <laughs> we welcome. Let's welcome. Let's get this uh, yes, party let's started, do it. shall we? <laughs> welcome, everyone, to this episode of Squintcast. Uh, my name is Kelly. I'm Brittany. And I'm not eating a burrito. No, no burritos today. <laughs> I literally was eating uh, beans before we got oh, nice. on here because I needed Me to eat well. something. So I had some like baked beans. I had a little bit of a bean salad before. Oh, yeah. So, My yeah. dog was obsessed. He wanted to lick the bowl. He loves beans. Really? So, so I was looking, I was like, can dogs eat beans? I was like, <laughs> That's like me every day with Wayne. I'm like, can we can eat this? <laughs> yes. How oh. about this? What? How oh, about he what? eats? No, I was just I was just googling. Like, how about, oh, yeah. how about this food? Let's test this one. Yeah. So we have to story. We have to see what episode we're doing. So we're we're gonna yes. talk about eventually when we get around to it. Season two, episode three. <laughs> what the hell is it called? The boy in the shroud. Right. Good. Okay. Yes. Now. Before we begin, <laughs> I'm glad that Mark did not watch this episode because he would have been redeemed okay. for his views on a certain character. Yeah, he doesn't need to see the end of this episode. <laughs> and Brennan oh comes my up God. smelling like a rose. I'm Cam. sorry, but Brennan, Brennan was great oh Ruth was great everyone was great except for cam hodgins was okay. great we're gonna talk about hodgins <laughs> and uh, i'm very curious about I've what's melted. happening here oh not curious at all i know exactly what's happening and i'm so happy i'm here for it all right all right all right <laughs> all right you start us off let's get this going go okay at the beginning of this episode we start with the Hi, I wanted to call them the staff, the people from the Jeffersonian. So we have um, Brennan there, we have Booth, we have Cam, and they are sifting through. And Hodgins is there, where they're sifting through all this garbage. This garbage truck had tipped over, not a good situation. Hi, Tiki. There's Look a who's body. Back. Yes. Hey, Tiki. There's a body, not just any body. This body happens to be the body of an adolescent boy, which is incredible that they can figure this out. I wrote down, how did they figure that out just by looking at his face? Brennan looks at his face and is like, yes, an adolescent, Uh, which makes it Booth's jurisdiction. Why is he there if it wasn't his jurisdiction to begin with? He's like... Booth is I have like, a lot of questions about certain things in this. There's episode. so many questions I had throughout this whole episode. <sighs> they're getting sloppy, Brittany. Sloppy, sloppy. This so Hodgins thinks this body's been there for about three weeks. I guess in this bin they don't pick up the bin for th- more. They pick it up every three weeks. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. But Brennan notices that this um, victim is clutching something in his hand. Wait, you're right. So okay three weeks yes. does that mean how does that work 
I don't know. They said like, that this guy's been in the garbage for three weeks. Somebody like, dispose of him later and then like put him in the garbage truck like after a certain amount of time? Maybe. But I'm very confused. Like that. It's a little How confusing. often do bins get picked up? Big bins like that. I don't know about big bins, but I know our garbage pickup. I've, I'm learning about the garbage schedule. I can't just throw everything down the chute It's anymore. residential, though, but this is a big commercial bin. True. Ours is picked up every two weeks, but, like, maybe a commercial bin would be more frequent, but I guess less frequent because... Anyway, he's been there three weeks. Maybe they left it somewhere and then they put it... Anyway, the body's been there three weeks. I don't know why. I don't know why Booth is there to begin with because in, yeah. l- until this body is considered to it is known to be an adolescent, it wasn't FBI jurisdiction to begin with. Did he drive Brennan? <laughs> no, it looked like he was already there, and she showed. No, up he was already that. there. He was yeah, there yeah, with yeah. he was there with Cam. Did he yeah. drive Cam? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now I'm just creating problems. You are but... just. <laughs> I'm just being a shit. So yes, the victim has something in his hand, and Hodgins is very excited by this. He's excited by this whole, whole area because he's like, "Oh my god, there's garbage. There's the bugs, slime. There's things for me to look at. There is something organic in the hand of the victim. They take it for evidence, and we'll find out later what it is. It's important." I think that's basically it. It stinks, but they want everything back to the Jeffersonians. So basically Hodgins is going to have this whole garbage truck's contents at the lab to sift through. Right. So gross. (laughs) I think it's, this is a very interesting opening scene. There's a few things going on. And this whole episode I found, they're treating it interestingly. And I honestly didn't have time to look up the director, but there's a lot of ambient noise. There's like, noises going on there's a lot of activity in the background like the sound editing is interesting and then at the end of the scene the garbage scene when he asks how much of the garbage Hodgins wants back at the lab and Hodgins wants all of it the whole shebang Booth is holding up some disgusting piece of something and he dramatically kind of throws it towards the camera like it's like this interesting effect so he throws the garbage at the camera and then boom we transition into the lab and we're examining this uh carcass there's a couple a couple things like that like a couple um director director decisions i guess like that yep which i thought were i thought that was really interesting there were some interesting things going on for sure this is yes this is the same director as the girl in the fridge Okay, this makes sense to me because it does. he uses the same yes. technique where at next scene, back at the lab. Oh, God, it made me so dizzy. Normally, I love this, but I was like, can we stop? He's circling <laughs> around Cam, Zach, yeah. and Brennan around this carcass as they're talking about the evidence and trying to figure out how this person died. I don't want to spend too much time, but they're just discussing specific evidence. Booth shows up. And again, the detail of him swiping the card to come onto the platform again. Very good. I love that. I love the swiping of the card. We find out that it's a private garbage collector. They don't keep good records of their routes. Um, And then, (laughs) which I find really hard to believe honestly because yeah 
garbage companies have to be very clear about where they're collecting garbage because shit like this happens and they need evidence you would think. And they need to trace it back exactly yeah um so then cam and booth Ugh. are convinced that this person i'm not calling them a victim i guess they're a victim they're yeah so cam and booth are convinced that the victim is from the streets based on the fact yeah. that you know how he is found is age, their age and everything yeah and brennan is pissed because they're drawing conclusions oh, yeah. And Angela does this thing. She does it a couple times in this episode. She walks into the room and she goes, hey, guys, you want to see something cool? <laughs> Angela is awesome in this, this episode. I need you to just say that up front. I really liked her character in this episode. Hmm. It's much better than yeah. she was at the end of the last season where we were like, say, sweetie, one more time. I swear to God. Yeah. She I seems was- to be way better. Sorry yeah no no don't be sorry please 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 but the issue okay there are some issues <laughs> so they go back to oh, i have a lot of issues <laughs> computer area and yeah. she's basically graphed an image of this person's face based on an on, on imprint of the person's skull on the shroud that they were wrapped in so she yeah. basically comes up with this image of this person and brennan automatically assumes oh this doesn't look like a street kid what does a street kid look like because i'm pretty sure that anyone can be a street kid just because he's some white dude doesn't mean he can't be a street kid. i'm surprised as well that angela's style or evidence that she comes up with has not been questioned or yeah. none of the cases have been thrown out based on the way she goes about well drawing okay. his faces yes i also turned to mark at this point mark fell asleep so he didn't get to see most of this episode but at this point he was still awake yes so i turned to him at this point and i said don't they have a full skull (laughs) why is she needing to create the face from the blanket he's wrapped in why can't they just (laughs) kelly is nodding jazz hands and giving me jazz hands to say jazz yes hands. you're right Brittany. like why are they not cleaning the skull putting the markers on and figuring it out that way why are we because it's season two baby oh, we're God. trying some new shit hodgins is sifting through garbage angela's yeah. saying hey guys want to see something cool and like freaking <laughs> i don't know uh, zach is doing whatever zach does zach like, regardless. is still being the same but Mickey, without this wrong? scene I'm we sorry, wouldn't have had I, one second <laughs> yeah tell Mickey, me what is wrong with you come here he's being such a <laughs> i don't understand what's wrong with you i bet you greg's been like pinching him or something anyway <laughs> apologies well, without, for the interruptions it's okay without this scene Yes. We would not have the name of the episode because they bring up something called the Shroud of Turin, mm-hmm. which I did not know what it was, but Booth did because he's a nice Catholic boy. It is the image of Christ's face on the inside of a burial cloth. Brittany, you don't know Good about the know. Shroud of Turin? No, mm. I did not. Mm. And I apologize. Well, you were busy <laughs> studying statistics and mathematics. and Exactly whatever that's called <laughs> profit and loss and shit gotta not reading history sense. books you no definitely not books <laughs> oops but yeah so 
she finds out this face and he looks like a handsome young man and then we have our intro i think i'm gonna start singing a different song just to mess you up (laughs) what song are we i love you You oh my god love me (laughs) what about wiggles do you know about about the the greatest american hero yeah okay fine fine the greatest american <laughs> hero suddenly i'm up on top of the world it should have been somebody doing now okay here we go with the worst part go (sighs) okay so cam is the worst mark was right (laughs) was Um, he asleep when this happened oh yeah wait let me ask mark were you awake when cam was being a huge bitch (laughs) pardon he didn't need to be he just knows Oh my god. So Cam is the queen of jumping to conclusions, which is ridiculous based on her like credentials and her background. Like what what where the job she came from. I wouldn't think that she would be a person who would jump to conclusions, but that's what she likes to do. So they're running a facial recognition through the missing and exploited persons database. They're trying to figure out who this kid is. Brennan does not understand why that's the place that they're jumping to that they're looking for so they think that cam wants to narrow it down to people in the foster system and brennan doesn't get that brennan's like why are we narrowing it down we should look at all the evidence and figure mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. where this kid's from and cam is sticking to her guns and like is statistic thinking statistically runaways street kids foster they're in the foster system whatever and if we remember from season one Brennan is a foster kid. So this is obviously going to start oh, honey, off the this episode is like a by rubbing line. the wrong way. This is a Not through great. line. And the pissing match is afoot. This is what's happening. Oh, God. Now. So Cam is, there's a lot, there's a power struggle here. Real dynamic yes. struggle between Cam and Brennan. Cam wants to do homeless foster kids uh brennan wants to do a wider search then it turns out that boom they find this guy based on the face that freaking angela made out of a imprint good on job a piece angela of fabric <laughs> Brittany, this is ridiculous oh it's ridiculous she should have done an actual any good lawyer skull no what you do is you use dental records that too e and a like there this is where it just any good lawyer would yeah would get this thrown out it's not realistic but we do know 
that Cam was unfortunately, they're both a little bit right. So we have ourselves a victim named Dylan Crane. He's 17 years old. I'm assuming they knew that he was an adolescent because I forgot to mention this in the first scene. Maybe when they looked at his teeth, they realized he didn't have his wisdom teeth. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. Anyway, so he's actually not a foster kid. He's not a run, not a runaway, no, not a street kid, whatever. He is a honor student from a nice neighborhood and some nice neighborhood from a nice neighborhood in some area close to them. And this is where, so Brennan was correct, but Cam was also correct because his girlfriend who also disappeared three weeks ago based on the mm-hmm. timeline of his death, mm-hmm. Kelly Morris, she was in the foster system. So pissing mashed. So they're I would both say listen, one point Brennan, one point Cam. <laughs> Angela and Brennan are, their eyes are rolling so hard at each other in the scene. I'm going to film it and do like a slow-mo of Angela and Brennan rolling their eyes. And Please I do. just <laughs> think it's wild, wild that <clears throat> first they need to notify Dylan's parents about his death. And I'm going to yeah. move forward to this next scene because I was incensed. I was absolutely flabbergasted that they're using this sketch from a piece of fabric yeah. as their definitive evidence that this is his identity and they're going yeah. to parents and telling them that he's dead. Mm-hmm. I just, I know what this scene is for, but this the shroud sketch is just really bothering me. <laughs> what they probably should, in my view, what they should have done is, yes, get in, get in contact with them, say, we think we may have found your son. Can we get DNA or, like, get a hairbrush or whatever? Compare or can we get their, like, where's this kid going to the dentist regularly? Hopefully, maybe he has dental records. Let's compare. This did maybe not start this is- out well. <laughs> maybe this is happening and we're not seeing it as an audience member for sure maybe yeah it's happening. maybe that's what maybe that's what we need to assume is but happening tell us that scenes tell us that is this a new lounge area where they are i don't know i was very is it the fbi or is it the jeffersonian so i think we're at the jeffersonian it looks like okay. the upstairs like it looks like the mezzanine of the jeffersonian first of all when have they ever called a victim's parents into the Jeffersonian to talk to them. Why are they not going to their house? Anyway, or the there's FBI. a little bit of, or the FBI. It's kind of a weird situation. And also Booth does not hold Brennan back at all. Like they're saying, we asked you to come to the Jeffersonian and Brennan kind of cuts Booth off and talks about how she's a forensic anthropologist and the father's like, I don't understand why that matters, what your job is. And she's like, well, I'm called in when a victim's too decomposed to identify. And it's like, really, those are the words we're using here, Brennan. That's, that's well, the direction we're going. I didn't think it was that bad. I'm, I'm going to put, I'm going to go to bat here for Brennan because okay. Ruth actually put her on the spot in this moment. Cause he was like, you know, I'm sorry, we can't show you your son's remains. Cause that's the mother wanted to yeah. see him. And yeah. I'm sorry, we can't do that. You know, we had to call in this person and then Brennan had to explain who she was. So yeah. I, don't, I don't. You're okay with that. with that. Okay. My, I know the whole point of the scene is to basically hear about how much the parents hate 
Dylan's girlfriend, Kelly. Yes. Because she's a foster kid and she's a loser and she's homeless and all these things. She dropped out of school, whatever. Not homeless, but you know what I mean? Like she's a, she's yeah, just she's not a good enough kid. for their son. Yeah. And he it was supposed to go sad. to MIT. Apparently. Like that's crazy to me. Like, oh. Yeah. He was going to go to MIT and he's hanging out with street kids. Like, I just don't see that. Seems odd, but okay. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. How did he have time to meet anyone? <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't he be at home studying? Like, For his Jesus SATs Murphy. all the time. Regardless, Certainly the not. mother blames Kelly. She blames yes. the girlfriend for his death. Yeah. And like, anyway, the son, the father's just saying like, my son was good he's talking like the good versus bad of it all like yeah. they're just trying to like really make it seem like kelly was a bad girl yeah mm -hmm. that she basically brought him down and that they wanted him to break it off with her yeah this poor girl at this point though she's also missing so at this point we don't know what's going on with her did she kill him is she missing because she was also killed yeah. like we don't mm -hmm. know anything about her situation Mm -hmm. But after this scene, Brendan's now staring out the window. Booth is chatting with her as they're, as they're driving in the car. Yes. Mm -hmm. Our car scene. And this is when we get the. this. We already kind of knew that Brennan was upset because of how she's being treated or how the situation is being treated with her being a foster kid. And it's kind of rubbing her the wrong way. Yeah. But she specifically she says that to Booth in this moment. Mm -hmm. um and she just is concerned because now this is a few like cam was talking about foster kids the parents are talking about foster kids in this negative light and she's saying is this how people saw me like Listen. i was a foster kid yes i'm like is this the first time that brendan's realizing that people judge kids in the foster system like seriously come on girl. yeah it's a Where little bit odd yeah it doesn't matter i mean booth's there he's uh she said you know i was a foster kid and he goes yeah i know like he's just very he's trying to be diplomatic and saying that you know yeah. they just lost their son it's very devastating news and you know don't take it personally type of thing yeah and um then as i guess we're driving from the jeffersonian to the fbi headquarters because then we end up in booth's office talking to a woman named Suzanne who is the yes. foster parent to Kelly and her brother Alex yes and I'll just before we get into the scene I just want to say I love Suzanne oh she's great I love this woman this character is fantastic she seems like a really nice woman we find out some devastating news from her um which I'll get to in a second but Basically, she starts us off by telling us that, wait, am I, I feel like I'm skipping ahead on my notes. No, wait. no, you're good. So she tells a little bit of a oh, backstory on skip Kelly ahead. and there Alex. We go. I'm back. She talks about Kelly and Alex's past and how their parents died in a hotel fire. And yes. they, she's been fostering them for about a year. Brennan's pretty surprised by that. She thinks that's an amazing track record. But then Suzanne, you know, tells them that unfortunately I have health issues. Yeah. And she just doesn't know how much longer she could deal because Kelly's that a handful. A fantastic synopsis. <laughs> like so efficient so well spoken I'm trying to do it trying really to get hit it off the there. good points my favorite <laughs> part is though when little alex shows up and i wondered who gave him a pass to get into the fbi building yeah <laughs> yeah 
And he is completely in the dark. Like this poor kid doesn't know where his sister is. When you tell a kid that someone they know is dead, how would you approach that? Because this woman know. is fantastic. The foster parent is amazing. Yeah. I really like her. Mm-hmm. But they ask, this kid is asking, like, have they found Dylan? Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's like, Dylan is dead. That's it. I feel like it the sounds words, like, like, yeah. Is that the way you tell a kid? I don't know. I don't know. Like, how me, do you tell know people how you... that people are dead? Like, it's hard. Like, yeah. my uh, my thought is, though, she said before she told Alex that, that she was very honest with Kelly in the fact that she was going to have to find others, other situations yes. for her and Alex. So it sounds like Suzanne's a very honest woman. Yes. And I don't know. Like, you got to rip off the Band-Aid, you know, and just tell them immediately and yeah. then deal with the emotions that come after, right? Well, Booth is not good at that because Alex is asking him, are you going to find my sister? And Booth promises him that he's going to find his sister and he's going to bring her back to him and he promises this this is the fbi i got you yeah he's just reassuring him very reassuring but not but possibly an empty promise that he they don't even they have no idea where kelly is they don't know anything about her and brennan is surprised by this once they get back to the lab she's like were you lying to him like do you actually know that this girl is still alive Mm-hmm. and he's like well no i don't know either way like i don't know if she's alive i don't know if she was involved in the murder i, I know absolutely nothing but i do know know that i was a teenage boy at one point and they uh you know i know a little bit about romeo and juliet and the relationship that they might have had it's like oh okay <laughs> cam enters though during this nice little conversation Yep. And turns out that there was tissue under the under the nail under the victim's nails mm-hmm. from a female, and there's nail polish. When we were at the FBI, uh, I guess the foster mother had brought some of Kelly's belongings, and in the belongings there was a little um, thing of red nail polish, which. At that point, because it's back-to-back scenes, I'm thinking, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe she's involved. I did not even notice that, but go on. Okay, I don't know. Maybe I was... No, you're really good. I was pumping. I was like... So, yeah, she comes in with this uh, evidence, right? And so Brennan's at her desk. Booth stands up because he's excited. His ears are perked up. He's like, oh, okay, let's talk about this. Yeah. Booth and Cam stand pretty close way to each too other. close they did they show start... up at the scene earlier together okay they're standing way too close to each other <laughs> Brittany, simmer down i'm sorry i'm the worst okay keep going no I'm just insinuating everyone's no having sex with each spoiler. other <laughs> i know you're like do you need to go have sex like please like we can stop and you can just get it out of your system and then we can move forward we will Regardless. keep on going. <laughs> oh, that means she's she's getting busy all the time. Anyway, um, oh yeah, they're standing way too close together, and they way start too theor- close. Yeah, but they start theorizing, and Brennan's getting more and more upset about what they're as am I saying. 
Yes. Well, Brennan's very protective of this girl, Kelly, it seems like she's already got her back up as high as the Washington Monument. And she's ready to like, just she's so mad about them presuming that Kelly's the culprit. Yeah. And Brennan's very skeptical of their theories. And she already hates people speculating anyway. And Cam also says there's some oxidized iron in the wounds. Booth plays along. He's like, oh, yeah, oxidized iron. And then he asks, like, what the hell is that? And they say, it's rust. And he says, this is the second time in the season where he's done this, where he goes, why didn't you just say it was rust? Why do you have to make everything so complicated? simplify it for me. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I'm just, oh, here's the theory. The theory is that the victim was hit by a pipe and then pushed out a window. Brennan's pissed off. And here's a monologue that Brennan does. I I, I wrote it all out. She gets up yeah. out of her desk. She starts putting on her lab coat to go back to work. And she said, I thought, and they're asking, where are you going, Brennan? Because they're in the middle of this discussion. And she and said, she well, fuming. she's so mad. And she said, I thought before Kelly Morris was accused of murder based solely on the fact that she's a foster kid. I need to remind you, I need, sorry, I'm, I, I don't have it written down correctly. Let me see here. So she's basically saying, I thought before you decided that Kelly was a culprit based solely on the fact that she's a foster kid, I would go, you know, explore some other evidence about how Dylan died and she and I'm going to remind you that he actually was he died from falling he fell and that's how he died like she's so mad are you there did I lose you sorry I was drinking my Diet Coke and I muted myself and then I forgot I muted myself I said a lot of things (laughs) oh I'm sorry I missed it no it's okay um but I feel like at this point of the episode, Booth and, and Cam are like speculating. They have all these theories. They think so far one way. And Brennan, out of like frustration, is seeing like she's kind of covering her eyes as well. Because it's like, yeah, she does want to not speculate. She but is blinded. You're right. There is some evidence that supports their theory. So it's not completely yes. out of the blue. No. None of their theories um, are out of the blue. First of all, no. second, I think Brennan was uncomfortable with how close they were talking. Uh, probably because Brennan and Booth are very close. And now this person that she hates with a fiery burning passion <laughs> is getting way too close to Booth. So Almost as I much as definitely... Mark. Yes, I know. Oh, yes, almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a little bit of a disaster, but just a tiny bit of a disaster we do find out something very interesting in the next scene though zach and mm-hmm. brennan are looking at actually we found out a couple things so they're looking at the remains and we find out something interesting a couple things so from zach and brennan we find out that when this guy was falling it would appear that he would have been unconscious when he fell because he didn't try to brace right for impact but then zach starts to speculate as well he's saying yeah he probably was a cautious because he was struck by a rusty pipe and brennan gets annoyed but he says like like i'm not really speculating that much like if i look at the i'm, I'm looking at the impact damage i'm seeing that there yeah. was 
a weapon use like a cylindrical weapon mm-hmm. like i'm not really guessing yeah i'm, I'm looking yeah. at the evidence she's just on she's, edge and she's calling yes. everyone to task because she just she again focuses on the truth and the hard yeah. facts so exactly so she's like oh okay yeah yeah if you're looking at the evidence that's fine hodgins comes in that thing that was in the victim's hand from the beginning mm-hmm. um was actually a flower called a rosia calyx a mm-hmm. rosebud which was actually um exactly the flower from romeo and juliet where we find out mm-hmm. which is kind of cool mm-hmm. um and hodgins starts listing off a bunch of different foods and other things they found in the garbage which he thinks should point them in a very clear direction to what he's talking about i have no idea i knew where about. what he was i knew what he was talking really about. i was like oh he's russian russian restaurant or something from poultry skin loaded with garlic chives red beets import empty imported vodka bottles and traces of ocetra fish eggs caviar vodka beets oh <laughs> okay well now i feel stupid okay yeah i get it so we're looking they they say that they this garbage route that they're that they need to look at um they should have checked the route for a russian restaurant and fortunately in the next scene we find out that there was only one russian restaurant so they end up in this not so nice neighborhood um can I just mention before we move to this yes, rest, this neighborhood sorry. that in the lab, don't be sorry. There's so much ambient noise. There's people chit-chatting. You can hear like other scientists talking in the background and you can hear like certain words like remains, bone. Like they just say like I random didn't even notice. science things. It just made me laugh because I was like, what's happening? What's with all the noise? It's so disruptive. I have to go back and rewatch. It used to be so quiet. Now it's like loud as hell. That is well. I guess it's more realistic that it's I not guess. just them working it's in a this big, massive, huge, lab. echoey room. Like, yeah, of course there's going to be loud. Like yeah, it's gonna be so loud in there. Maybe it's something that was pointed out during like season one reviews and stuff. No, that, like, I think they're just getting jazzy. They're just being maybe. jazzy. They have. They went well for a season. They got a little extra money. Yeah, so they got a good. Sa- they had a new sound editor on staff or something. This scene, this next yes. scene, made me laugh because Brennan thinks that she has it all figured out. She, they're walking through this neighborhood. They see a bunch of kids. She calls the kids. Um, she says that the kids have the same unique socio-cultural identifiers as Kelly Morris. And Booth is like, oh, you mean that they're teenagers? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's exactly what I mean. Anyway, so she they walk over to these three kids that don't look like kids. In my opinion, they look like they're like 25. But anyway, moving on. And she says, I'm an anthropologist. I'm not a cop. Can you help me? I knew you would do this scene in detail. I didn't write any. I just wrote down <laughs> very little notes on this it's okay Go well on. there's not much to really talk about it's just kind of funny because she approaches these kids there's nothing she this thinks scene is dumb it's like a filler almost <laughs> it's just to show that brennan is stupid so no, it she just thinks shows... no she's not stupid yeah like she's so a little she... out to lunch well she gives this just... kid five bucks yeah <laughs> the kid's like 
she tries to show the photo fo- this photo um yeah it's a it's a pretty cute couple photo of dylan and kelly yeah but so the kid, she's showing this he photo does a, like a yo yo mama joke basically he's oh. like oh my god it's his sister <laughs> <laughs> but if you hold it only if you hold it this way because you'll you only ever see her when she's on her back <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> yeah okay and then brennan's like okay i I want my money back like she's so upset because she got scammed and they just walk away from her it's so that was funny that was funny when she asked for her money back the way she's like very humiliated and she goes i would like my money back please (laughs) and they're looking at her like okay bye are you crazy five five dollars like she she can afford it come on yeah well she she doesn't know how much money she has though remember her accountant doesn't tell her she just like spends money so these kids yes. walk off yes. and then booth is like then they it looks like it right in front of them it looks like there's a drug deal going on out of this van and yeah. booth is like are you kidding me they're doing this directly in front of me. They, they couldn't have waited until i turned around <sighs> so he says like fbi put your hands in the air whatever mm-hmm turns out although it looks sketchy what they're doing these two people are not selling drugs out of their van they're actually trying to help the kids the street kids there and the way that they're helping them is by they prepare sandwiches hygiene supplies clothing vitamins um basically things to help these homeless kids get on get back on their feet which sounds super nice but I'm getting major creep vibes from these people at this point. I don't know about you. Oh, no, I thought it was fine. People do this all the time. There's a woman I follow, actually. She's on social media. She has a lo- huge following. She's in Los Angeles. And okay. she's called Beauty to the Streets. And what she does, she's a hairdresser by trade. So what she does is she sets up uh, like a portable sink and shampoo and stuff like that and she like gives people washes their hair and cuts it and stuff like that and she gives people shampoo and soap and then she sets up like huge huge uh like fundraisers like not fundraisers but huge um charity i don't know what they're called when they give out food and they give out supplies like they're just she gets all kinds of like drives or whatever yeah but then she gets people to come down to the to the hood and like hand out this stuff to people and it's when she washes their hair that they because sometimes it's like these people haven't been touched in years you know what i mean nobody's touched them yeah and they get their hair washed and it, it listen when i wash my hair it feels amazing like it's yeah. amazing like it feels so good to wash my hair so can you imagine like not having washed your hair for so long and like oh somebody God. washes it for you be amazing be, i love i love getting amazing. my hair washed oh yeah that scalp <laughs> massage mm. oh yeah so great <laughs> i didn't find oh. it creepy at this moment i think maybe it's because i've seen this episode before i know you're so biased there i for sure and there are things that i think because i've seen some of these episodes before for some reason some of them stick in my mind and this is one of them mm. so right as soon as i started watching this episode i knew exactly what was gonna like i knew the outcome so maybe that's where some of my bias comes from but anyway 
Anyway, we meet so, Fran and Kevin Duncan, who are handing yes. out this stuff. Fran identifies Kelly in the photo that Brennan shows her. And then the Duncans take Booth and Brennan to this place called the warehouse where all these street kids hang out. They kind of squat in this abandoned sort of uh, industrial plumbing supply building. Yes. So, which plumbing supplies, rusty pipe? I think we might be on to something. I also have something to say about this next scene because Talk they to me. T they tell Fran that Dylan has died, and she seems very surprised by this. Yeah, but then when they go to the warehouse, we discover that people have set up a shrine to Dylan. Yeah, and there's I'm a like, Romeo and Juliet book there too. Yes, it's a very beautiful shrine. And I'm like, okay, if Fran knows where the kids hang out. Yeah. And her job is to give supplies to them, which has she not seen the shrine close to where they hang out? Yeah, true. That's a very good point. I'm confused by that. Yeah. Yeah, that is a bit weird. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. The, I guess at this point mm -hmm. was it public knowledge that he had died like when was the shrine made like, i mean how would these kids have already I known would, that he was dead because he was there like that's where he died right so people probably saw it right maybe they already knew that he was dead from that and then he got put in the garbage mm -hmm. which is sad but mm -hmm. there is so there is a book there um that dylan had given to kelly um uh, the book is romeo and juliet so that's sitting as part of the shrine so obviously kelly's been there i don't know about obviously but it to my mind in my mind kelly had been there they think that this they are pretty confident that this is where dylan died they think that yes. they'll be able to find traces of dylan's blood on the concrete they want to go look at the fifth floor to see um if maybe they can find where he had fallen right is he fell about 50 feet so they're thinking okay on the fifth floor that should be it and right. then the glass shatters and a boy runs past them and booth and brennan take off after him they're like enjoying this nice calm scene and then booth and brennan are suddenly running after this guy because this kid is wearing Dil dylan's school jacket yeah and even though brennan tells him that she's not going to hurt him she pushes him to the ground <laughs> So uh, Brennan chases him down, knocks him down and says, sorry, I, I know I said I wouldn't hurt you, but it's, it'll hurt a little bit. So yeah. they grab this dude. He's wearing uh, Dylan's jacket and Brennan and Booth start to question him inside the warehouse. And at this point, I was typing away my notes and I wasn't really paying attention to what was happening on screen. But then I heard the sounds of walkie talkies and I was like, what's who's that? So I look up and lo and behold, I guess Booth and Brennan called for backup and a bunch of FBI agents are at this warehouse now, which yeah. I'm sorry, but that does not bode well for these squatters. I feel bad for these kids, actually. Well, also, I would think that there would be more evidence that there was people there. Like, it's very empty. Mm -hmm. There's not really much left there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. In my mind, I would have expected to see, like, at the very least like garbage or something sorry my ear is so itchy and so okay <laughs> from my ear pod yeah i guess um, it's like mattresses and stuff yeah shopping carts yeah. like um I woman in the tunnel type like that. stuff yeah. yeah but nothing like that 
this guy is not helpful at all. Um, no. Somehow he has this like this letter jacket, and apparently they they have he has other stuff as well. Anyway, I don't really know the purpose. The purpose I, it is seems like he took the stuff off of his dead body potentially. Potentially, they might have just been there from them hanging out. But the purpose of this whole scene is to show that this kid is uh, from the foster system. Yes. Because he has a tattoo on his wrist of of names. And Booth said, what are those names? And the kid goes, oh, it's guys I killed. Like he's being a kind of a, a tough guy. Yeah. And Brennan looks at his wrist and she goes, oh, those are the names of foster homes that he's been kicked out of. So she relates to this kid because they both yeah. agree that it's the best thing that could ever happen to you is to get kicked out of some of these places. Yeah. So Ugh. and then well, I guess purpose is that the kid yes. says... What you need to be looking at are those sandwich pervs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this, I guess, did they let him go? Because the whole idea yeah. was like, Booth is like child services on the way. And the kid is like, well, I'll tell if I tell you things, will you let me go? Mm. So is child services going to show up and this kid is going to be gone? A, B, in Women in the Tunnel, when they found all that evidence on our friend, I think his name, what was his name? Harry or something? Harvey? Harry? Harvey. Anyway, he had all the evidence of the woman who had died. So this kid's got a bunch of, like, belongings that belong to Dylan, but he's not being put into custody. I thought that was weird, too. They're just taking his word for it. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I uh Theory. The yeah so the next scene we go back to FBI headquarters and I have a couple things to say I'm sure you do as well oh yes please why don't you get us started I'll just start with <laughs> Booth is wearing his casual Friday look so is he wears the that next, a lot of this episode is this the next day or the same day Oh, he was down. He was wearing that at the on the, down in the neighborhood. Yes, that's why he was wearing it because he was trying to blend in. Yes. Okay, so now I, think I it understand. Is the same day. But my question is, he's got something on his T-shirt. It says something, and it was driving me insane. What does it say? It says like Super Village or something. I can't figure it out, and I've googled it, Guru. Don't okay. worry. Okay, I need to pull and this up. I just need to know. I took pictures of it, everything. And I was trying to find out what the hell his, because he wears funny t-shirts sometimes. Yeah. And he wears certain belt buckles. He has like little things, you know? I don't know if I, it's super villain or super village. Might be I'm looking. Villain. I'm going to it. Maybe it's super villain. Maybe. Okay, I'm going to it. I'm going to it. What are you going to? The show? I'm trying. I, I, oh, yeah. No, that's not. Oh. Sorry. Play. No, okay, here we go. I need this to be much brighter than it is. Ah. Also, Wayne is 10 months as of today. Just oh, my God. Small aside. Congratulations. I can't believe it. She's still alive. I know. I'm doing great. You really are. You're really winning. <laughs> How do I zoom? How do I zoom in? I have no idea. Super 
Super I took so Bill. many videos today. Do you know what I mean? Is it a double Super L? Bill. Yeah. There's a double L for sure. So it could be village. Super, I, it's V I L L. Yeah, I need to know. Somebody, some, but it's super, cut off by his jacket. I know it's driving me crazy because he wore a similar, like a black t shirt with a similar font on it in um, Woman on at the airport in LA. He had um, a black t shirt with the same kind of font on it. Okay. I'm trying I to remember. If it's the same shirt. I wonder. That's what I wondered as well, because it's similar. Oh come on! I just he's keeps leaning forward, which makes the jacket I know. go even he's more. He's so useless. He doesn't help at all. This is killing me. But this scene is great. Yes, we find go on. Out, um, basically, we find we get it's it is solidified that Booth is on Brennan's side. That he doesn't really care how what cam's opinions are or whatever he wants to follow brennan's approach and brennan's approach is that she doesn't want to close off any avenue of investigation she wants to stay on all the evidence see where it leads and he's like i'm listening okay let's do this she also tells him that she knew about that list because she the foster list that the, the well he asks her own. right so they get yeah. the the business stuff taken care of and then he she leans forward pulls a candy out of a candy jar which i want to know what kind of candies he has I didn't know he even had them there <laughs> me neither and then he asks her and this is where i liked this episode finally booth and brennan are in sync they have like a yeah. nice soft receptive kind of rapport which they haven't had for the last no. couple of episodes first two asks, episodes yeah no yeah, sorry it, it was very rough so he yeah. asks her very nicely like so you know did you have a list like that and she shares with him that she did and she had it written on a bottom of a shoe yeah i think so she tells this very serious thing to booth and then booth kind of uses it as an opportunity to be like you know i'm not a psychologist but maybe sometimes foster kids may it's none of my business and how you and cam get along is none of my business but maybe that maybe you may have some characteristics personality characteristics that may make it more difficult to get along with cam like so maybe control issues and she actually takes it pretty well funny enough so that's the thing like the way that they interact isn't in a way that i, I made a note of it because it yeah was like it's none of your business like she wasn't being no uh, sharp and sort of mean no she said you know let me fight my own battles is basically what she's exactly. telling him you know yeah yeah which, yeah, this scene was the first time since the beginning of the season where I'm like, okay, there we go. Fine. We're back on the same page. Things are okay. Cam okay. and Booth can be close, but so are Brennan. Anyway, sorry. Let's move on. Don't be sorry. I'm going to show you. This is a still from Woman at the Airport. This is not the same t-shirt. Sorry. It says font. It looks, it looks like the same t-shirt, though. It says, give me my space. 
it's it's the same similar font so what? that's why it it's kind of it it struck me anyway <laughs> it's so it's, irrelevant i know it's I just no it's not it looks so I similar these things i notice these things you know my god well we are having a wonderful scene in the next scene with hodgins and okay. angela <laughs> all right kelly's all right. gonna stop doing this podcast with me if uh, i talk about this scene okay go <laughs> go first of okay. all the evidence doesn't matter so whatever get through no that. who cares i don't even know who cares what's going on but hodgins and angela have a moment in this scene this is the first time I think we've seen some indications of it, but I feel like I've been picking up on them <laughs> just because I like to pretend that everyone's in love, but you're this presumptuous. The, I am presumptuous, but this is the first scene where it is very, very strongly suggested that there's something going on between Angela and Hodgins. So Hodgins makes some comment about Romeo and Juliet and <sighs> how it's it's a strange place for two people to fall in love and or angela no, says that angela, says, angela that. says that it's a strange place for two people to in love to end up and hodgins is like what a forensics lab like they're in love ah. the two of them are in love yeah and she's like no like in an abandoned pipe factory <laughs> oh, I love that he's line. like oh right, yeah right, 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 she's right, like right. what are you talking about and he's like oh you know cam and booth obviously <laughs> ah! you know and like given their history like he's he is digging himself out of this hole Listen. they look at each other super uncomfortably he says tension party of two and then angela walks away and he's like great 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 that he's so great. flustered and i'm going to say this now and you are allowed to bring this back and throw it into my face anytime okay. I say. I'm ready. First of all, his hair is so bad. Like I don't know what's going on with his hair this this season. It's they it's like untamed. So they're trying to put so much product in it that it's flattening, and I it's not good. First, second, B. I cut out a bunch of shit that you said about these two. Oh, so, they have definitely had sex. <sighs> now I gotta cut this out. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Brittany is making my editing very hard. I'm so sorry. No, so it, it just, just it blah, seems blah, like blah, it. Blah, like blah, it seems blah, like blah. no. This scene, you don't need to cut this out because this scene, like, if I am no, a person who knows you, okay, nothing. Okay, when this happened, this scene, I'll tell you, I was laughing okay. so hard because I thought I was thinking, Brittany! I was screaming her <laughs> name because I was like, oh my God! I thought for sure, like, maybe she's right. Like, I was like, this is happening right now, first of all. Oh, yeah. I was oh, like, it is bad. His hair is terrible. I just pulled it crazy. up. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Anyway, I just think it's really, yeah, they're acting really awkward around each other. More Hodgins. And I will say, I found him very charming in this episode. Yes. He's very buoyant and happy and very, like, light. He feels very light and happy and joyful in this episode. Yes. Because, because he got his rocks off, Kelly. He's getting some, girl. He's getting some. <laughs> At least one time with Angela, it seems. That's what happens with men. They get very happy. 
Like for oh days, for days, Brittany, I can get whatever I want, whatever I want. Oh, I felt so bad. I, <laughs> I speaking of get whatever you want, poor Mark, Mark is sitting here. He, I, I thought I was doing a nice gesture because we have a lot on our plates in terms of like stuff that needs to be done around the house. But a lot of it is stuff that like Mark needs to do more like candy stuff that I can assist with, but it's, he's more of an expert. You're more of a cheerleader, more of a cheerleader handing stuff. But Mm -hmm. so I thought to myself, I'll get the TV installed. Like I got some guy to come and do it for like 130 bucks and Mark gets home and is like, why, why did you do this? I can do this. Like I know how to install a TV. First of all, I'm an electrician. Second of all, yeah, but I'm a house cleaner and my house things. is a disaster. <laughs> so it's it's hard. Anyway, what ended up happening was we had planned to put together the TV stand Did underneath. Did he move it? No, he's happy oh. with. He ended up being happy with the TV, right, Mark? Okay. <laughs> Satisfied with the TV. He's giving me a, 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 a nod. Up. Good job. But Mark was, I think, offended by this. Rightfully oh. so. I'm sorry. But he ended up putting together the TV mm. stand that night because he was like, I'm going to show you that I can do other things. But that's not why you did it. You didn't do it because you don't think he can do anything. No, you were trying to lighten no, no. his load. Try to lighten it. the load. Yes. But I also totally understand what he's getting from. <laughs> I understand where oh, he's Oh, for sure. I understand too. both perspectives. Because he he's it's also his first house and he wants yes. to like be part of like stuff that goes on everything right? yeah exactly yeah yeah that's normal it all worked out anyway so then i was like <laughs> wait so do i just if i want something done urgently do i hire someone to do something else and then you'll do this other thing oh no i'm sharing my secrets <laughs> we're gonna sitting like right beside me <laughs> why there's other rooms in the house mark you have exactly. a big house now lots of stuff to do <laughs> But yeah, Hodgins and Angela having a moment. It's really sweet. Actually, Hodgins is very sweet. Mm. He needs to fix his hair, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Um, and this yeah. is not the end of Hodgins being sweet in this episode. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Booth is interrogating Kevin. Okay. The this sandwich is where, maker. This is where it happens for me. The creepiness. Yes. Yeah. This scene, we find out that this guy, Kevin, has a lot more going on than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. He was helping this lady, Fran. Well, they fell in it's love. His they, wife. It seems husband <laughs> and wife. This lady. This lady. Anyway, so He's not going to help lady. this guy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark, I'm going to help this guy. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so husband and wife. So this guy comes in. And he's being interrogated without his wife present, I'm assuming. But yeah. before mm. they had met, we find out that he had solicited sex for minors. Um, so yeah. doesn't seem so good that he's been passing out condoms and aspirin and sandwiches to these street kids getting mm. close to minors. And it basically makes it look like he's kind of using Fran to get to these kids because... Booth says, you're telling me that this is in your past, that you're just helping the kids now, but he starts putting down pictures of three kids. Yeah. And he says, all of these girls say that you traded sandwiches for sex in the past six months. So it doesn't seem like it's 
in your past and he basically calls them liars and says that they came on to him they wanted money he rejected them whatever like a big story mm-hmm. he in booth insinuates that he probably did the same thing to kelly and then the end the scene ends so we don't really know what happens to this guy after yeah, this scene. inconclusive. And why are they letting him go because they don't have any evidence to time to anything but they not really it would seem that he's committed the same crime that he was guilty of before he has they have again have you been women. living in this world Brittany? where women accuse men of this all the time That's and true. no one believes them and they get like, away with plus it they're street kids they're vulnerable they're like true. They're, they're basically nameless faceless Ugh. people in the lies of society so yeah no one's gonna it's basically a uphill battle trying to prove it yeah well that's really shitty not to <laughs> say that basically it's okay no it's not okay and it's not, not and they're not investigating that. like that. they're investigating not, dylan's death yeah so maybe that's less of an fbi case and more of a police matter so maybe they would pass it on to the police but there you go this next scene i'm just gonna let you take it away because honey holy shit this one <laughs> my heart sunk into my stomach at this one. Oh my god so we're back at the lab i don't know what room they're in i feel like we're in the autopsy room i think so i think this is cam's this is cam's room cam's cam area. has her own room yes so we're back at the lab angela and cam and brennan are looking at more evidence and cam and angela are kind of still figuring out how to prove that kelly is the guilty person here cam and angela start commiserating about young love and i called them their basic boring bitch suburban childhoods basically talking about like you know middle school dances and being in love and all this stuff and then brendan gets sick of listening to them like reminisce about their high school days and she's like yoo-hoo over here like let's talk about some real yeah. shit she interrupts them so she, this is where Brennan states that she wants Hodgins to start identifying the rose that was found, like where this rose actually came from that was found in Dylan's yeah. hand. And Cam's like, uh, yeah, no, you're going to focus on this rusty pipe. Like, I don't have time for yeah. this rose. It's a waste of resources, whatever. So what happens next is absolutely awful. Yeah. So Brennan is really frustrated because she's not getting what she wants because she really wants Hodgins to do this particular research. Cam is saying, I'm the boss. Too bad. Suck it up. Brennan goes, I can't, I can't work like this. Like this is, I can't work like this. She's so frustrated. Yeah. She says, I can't work like this. Then Cam, I don't know why she I don't know. Maybe she just had she a was full bitch. She had a bad moment. Okay. I have to admit, she just had a moment where I think she was also frustrated. So she looks at Brennan and she goes, Oh, so does that mean I should be looking for your replacement? Yeah. And I just thought I was just like, wow. Yeah, wow. Holy well, it shit. continues. Like oh, Angela yeah. steps in because Angela is like, what the fuck? Like, you should know i'm not trying to be dramatic but if you lose brennan you're losing yeah. every squint like yeah. we're all leaving as well and cam is like okay really and booth is is going to and that one struck home so yeah. that's when cam's like okay i'm gonna defer to you for this investigation but you should know 
I'm going to start the search for your replacement. And then she walks off. Wow. And it was like, wow. Wow. Not good. Like not good. She doubles down after she capitulates and sort of backtracks cam. I mean, and I just, yeah, the way that she handled this, like after the way she handled, like, you know, the last couple of apps where she was being a good manager, in my view, I just thought, wow, like it's so whenever I have the, I even the notion of getting fired, like we've talked about this, this whole insecurity yeah. of like, are you going to fire me? Like it's very destabilizing. Right. And it makes you feel oh, yeah. like super insecure. And I'm like, and I know Brennan wouldn't feel that way. She could get a job anywhere, obviously, well, but still. I can't. I can't work anywhere. She can't. Your average person can't. <laughs> anyway. So this is also her dream job. So it's uh, like, if she could get another job, it wouldn't be the same. I just thought this was terrible. I thought Cam was terrible. I also, I, like, reviewing the facts of what Brennan is asking, I'm team Brennan all the way. I'm because Brennan, A-okay in my books. Like, Hodgins has very a very specific set of skills. So yes. he should be analyzing a flower. He should not be sifting through garbage looking for a pipe. They can get anyone to do that. Yeah. They should have get somebody they pay five bucks, a ten bucks an hour. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or like there's a flower in the dead guy's hand. It has significance. Like if there's a reason yeah. it's there, you know? Like he was holding it either when he died or someone placed it there after. Could placed that have been the after. killer? Was it someone exactly? <sighs> yes. I'm with hundred percent. Anyway, I was very upset. One hundred percent. It made me lose. Like I caught my breath. My heart was in my stomach. I felt like yeah. I was being threatened in that moment. Yes, I was. I, as a person who has watched all of Bones all the way through and remembered mm. this episode, I did not remember that. And I don't remember this side of Cam. I should mention, I don't remember this side of Cam at all. Actually, she becomes one of my favorite characters on this entire show exactly and i just think i was so, fantasizing about what the show would be like if like she fired everybody and yeah. be new people there. like just a bunch of new people like oh it's and a it's new like, cast oh okay. new cats <laughs> have any shows ever done that next Where, generation like, try to pick up with a full oh, that's a good question that would be interesting that would be like, interesting they keep to one research. character and the rest change yeah <laughs> something to look into but we wow end up in this next scene so mm -hmm. previously booth had developed sort of a rapport with alex with kelly's brother mm -hmm. we're back at we're back in booth's office after this mic drop of a scene um and an fbi agent brings alex um kelly's brother mm -hmm. i'm thinking this kid is very young and apparently he wandering took the around bus, just like <laughs> couldn't he have called him could He's this not have been a phone call the fbi headquarters does he have a pass did he have to get like a thing again or did they just let him in uh, like and there's also indications that it is nighttime yeah why is he not with his foster mother anyway oh man he's heard from kelly kelly called him and she was crying and He's getting the impression that Kelly has no intention of coming back and he's really scared for her and he just needs some 
comfort, I guess, or he needs yeah. Booth to tell him that everything's going to be okay. He needs reassurance. And why wouldn't you yeah. want a big, strong, handsome, <laughs> sultry, beautiful, <laughs> hot? I mean, this is the wrong time to mention all these things, but yes. Yes, Kelly. (laughs) Sorry, was I being pervy? (laughs) I didn't say it. (laughs) Anyway. So this basically... You can hug me any day. Give me a hug, Booth. Come on. For sure. Any day. Booth basically just tells him, I'm going to give you a ride home. We're going to find Kelly. Mm -hmm. We know that Kelly's alive. Mm-hmm. and like she called you so we know that she's alive everything's gonna be fine we're gonna find her i still don't it bothers me still that he's making these promises to this kid because it's but i guess the kid needs some comfort so what else you're gonna say yeah he's just being a dad yeah he could have picked up the phone and just called him and told him this but anyway that's fine well like, alex what, this is the one who sought took, out like, Booth, seven though. buses no, well, that's what I'm saying. Call like, him in. Did, the kid just showed well, up. Why did Alex not call? Alex should have called. Because Alex is a dumb kid who takes buses, okay? <laughs> he loves to take the bus. <laughs> He's dumb. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. okay. Cam is about to be brought back down to earth. Woo! So now, turns out Cam called Booth urgently. Listen, and... Brittany, I'm going to interrupt you because... Yes. This is... this just the beginning of the scene is like amazing because booth pops his head into the autopsy room where cam's working and they have this exchange that's like an old married couple where he goes hey you called and she's like mad at him because he didn't answer the phone and didn't come immediately when she said when she called like she's mad at him because he didn't jump when she she's like uh, it was him. urgent yeah like, why he's like he not- I'm, I, he's like and the way he goes i was busy like wow yeah okay <laughs> but also there's a couple this is another situation like okay i get you were busy but now you're at the lab why did we not pick up the phone and call her back but i guess he figured he was already going to the lab so he could talk to her in person yeah. maybe booth can do whatever um, he wants there's a huge he can He's like you were saying, like sexy, <laughs> sultry, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> Kevin Duncan is dead. That is what's going on here. Um, yeah. Which is crazy. Who's the creepy sandwich guy? Yes. Creepy sandwich guy is dead. He's been shot, a single gunshot wound to the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach is a little bit taken aback because he's not used to looking at like actual bodies it's usually just bones so he's a little bit right. like oh this is like a human not not just like something that i can separate myself from because it's like skeletal remains or whatever i have questions yes so in the scene it's cleverly revealed to us that cam is about to do an autopsy on kevin duncan who has been brought to yes. her is on her slab ready to go people wait sometimes so long to get autopsies oh yeah the this autopsy happened immediately like this like, guy is still he's warm. like still warm. <laughs> yeah like he may still come back alive i don't know until man. she cuts out his sixth rib <laughs> and is it because it's like connected to an ongoing murder investigation because how is he connected to kelly like how they have no evidence of him being connected to dylan anyway i'm I, just i have questions about these things because 
I just find it very, I find this episode a little bit shoddy, like sloppy a little bit. With yeah. The like, I don't know why this would be an FBI matter because otherwise and, I don't think yeah, they would be doing that. the autopsy at the Jeffersonian. No, it would That's be a police a matter. Weird. Exactly. Yeah. It's not an FBI thing. A, B, she starts sawing this body There's and she's not wearing a mask, which really bothers me. And then Zach bone is dust, standing there. Bone dust. Bone dust and also just There's a whole episode everywhere. about this. Yeah. Blood spraying everywhere. And then um But remember that episode we found out that it's super dangerous? Like you need to be wearing properly ventilated. I think that's with dry bones. These bones are very oh, wet okay. still. Never I think mind. it's more the yeah, blood spatter I would worry about. Like the yeah. blood. Even though the blood's not pumping, I still think there would be a little bit of like debris that flies off the side. Yeah. And Zach Even is like there a like bone shard exactly and zach's freaking out yeah. he's like oh my god this is a dead body it's weird and why am i here this is really weird and why is booth there yeah. why is booth in the room when this is happening booth is there because cam needs to talk to him about whether he would leave if brennan were to leave the jeffersonian and guess well, what cam yes guess what mm. uh well looks like booth is on brennan's side well, this is after she gives Zach a, a rib that has a bullet yes. in it that she wants Zach to extract. And then Cam is standing there. And I like this, where, how she asks, like, she is very sheepish. And she goes, what, what do you think, what would happen if Brennan were to leave? Like, she's just, like, proposing yeah. this idea, right? Like if she were to quit or or leave the Jeffersonian, yeah, and Booth immediately is like, well, all the squints would be gone. He actually yeah. says would flee this institution like the French army, yeah. Which if I were into history, I think would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Booth says like I'm with Bones all the way and don't doubt it for a second. So yeah. I don't know what you have planned. But Hodgins is about to interrupt us. <laughs> well, this is after, like, so yeah, the first thing, I I'm, I hate to harp on this, but she's, there's two different No, no. Things. What would happen if Brennan were to leave? Booth says all the squints would leave. Then yeah. she asks, what if I fired her? Yeah. That's when do? Booth, that, that's when Booth says, I'm yeah. with Brennan. Yeah. Well, Hodgins comes in at this point very briefly and and gives the information on this flower. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that basically it, you can't find it in the States. The only place you can find it is at some very specific United States States Botanic Garden. So say that again, Brittany. Yeah, I really tried. At some very <laughs> specific United States Botanic Garden. There we go. I yes, got it. There you go. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. in the Rose Wing, and so that's a. It, it actually is very helpful because they know exactly where this rose came from. Thank God, mm -hmm. Brennan asked for this. Mm -hmm. Um, he leaves, and Booth realizes that maybe this is the time that he lets cam in a little bit on some like lets her in on something mm -hmm. that is probably causing contention because cam is completely unaware that boot that brennan is a foster kid okay not his place to say in my opinion yes what's up <laughs> tell me i'm really okay 
Booth reveals to Cam that Brennan is a foster kid. Cam, like, is devastated by this dude. She thinks, ah, shit, like, she really messed up by being really judgmental and stuff. And I totally felt Cam in that moment, like, very humbling. And that's the thing I like about Cam. She's, she is okay. She's a humble, she can be humbled and she's okay. Oh, hello. What am I looking at? I just dumped my Diet Coke. I'm just going to grab a Go clean it up. Just give me one second. I wait. Carry on, though. I have my earpods in. Oh, uh... I don't remember what I was saying now. Cam is, uh, yeah, so Cam, I feel, has the ability to be humbled in moments and not let it really affect her too much. Like, she's good at, you know, saying mea culpa, like, yes, that was my bad or my fault. I totally get it. But my question is, the first episode, we know that Cam has read her parents, Brennan's parents' file. Like, she knows about Brennan's parents and the situation with all that based on the fact that Booth is working with Brennan on that particular case. So why wouldn't it have been in the file that Brennan and her brother, Brennan specifically, was put into foster care? I don't know she did not read it that carefully. I'm just... I find that really hard to believe. That's all. I just found it really crazy that she didn't already know that. Regardless. Could she maybe have forgotten? No way. No it way. It seems like a piece, a very big piece of information to forget, but. Like, I could see, like, not thinking about it for a while. Then when it comes up in the initial argument when they were talking about foster kids. And then Brennan was like, oh, why, you know, what about foster kids? And then maybe that would have peaked, like, jogged Cam's memory. Like, oh, right, you were in the foster system. Yeah, I remember that about you. Like, just, it's not a secret. (laughs) I don't know why it's a secret from Cam. It was brought up in trial, for God's sake, when she did Girl in the Fridge. Like, everybody knows that she was in the foster system. Yeah, it's not really something that she holds close to her chest. Not anymore. Which is kind of funny that Booth okay. is saying, can you hear me? <laughs> yes. My Diet Coke is cleaned up. Good. I spilled it. Everything is fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Booth is like, you didn't hear it from me. Like, I'm not the one who told you this. Yeah. So they were trying to like, don't tell Brennan I told you kind of thing. So anyway, that's the end of that scene. Next where we have, this is where Hodge, <laughs> the next scene we have Booth and Hodgins. Hodgins! Who've Hodgins! gone to the, I thought it was the Royal Botanical Garden. I apologize, but that's maybe a, not what it's called. <laughs> I think there's a, they're in Toronto. There's a Royal Botanical Garden. Yeah, I'm getting that's it Edwards Gardens, up. I think. I'm getting it mixed up. But anyway, they go to the botanical garden and Hodgins is so excited. He's got the little program and he's going through all the facts about the botanical garden. He's all excited. And Booth's like, oh, God, just shut up already. And he asks one of the security guys, like he shows him a picture of Kelly, asks them if he's seen that girl. And they're walking and talking and and uh, uh, Booth goes, where's this uh, Romeo and Juliet rose? And Hodgins is just randomly just, oh, it's over there where Kelly Morris is standing. <laughs> and he's like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. 
But Booth sends him to distract her so he can walk around the other side. But he just comes yeah. across like this huge perv and she calls him out. Yeah. She's like, um, okay, stay away from me, perv. Yeah. She, he goes up to her. Super goes, creepy. Starts spouting facts about the royal or about the botanical garden. And she's like, get away from me, you perv. And then uh, she tries to go the other direction. And there's Booth. The wall of Booth is standing in her way. Oh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> she at this point we actually find she it seems like she doesn't know that dylan is dead because Mm -hmm. booth is like we want to talk to you about what happened to dylan and she's like dylan's dead no is that really how you read it that was how i saw it because no i didn't see it that way at all i guess maybe not because then two seconds later She's like, was I there? Of course I was there. I killed him. Well, she's like, you know, of course, was I there? Don't you know who did it? Like, yeah. Yeah. So she's brought into the FBI for questioning, obviously. And we'll just go over this quickly. She immediately confesses to killing Dylan. Uh, Brennan is in the room with them during this questioning uh kelly has a lawyer as well who we will discuss we will talk about kelly's lawyer in a moment a very useful lawyer of course well i just love this actress so um so apparently kelly's details are a little fuzzy and she doesn't mention any of the stuff that the team already knows about the incident but she's still confessing to it wild well and and also confesses using details not only not just things that not just omitting details but also things that are blatantly wrong like they're Mm -hmm. saying she's like yeah like i pushed him and he screamed all the way down and it's like yeah well no we know that he was unconscious so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not what happened so at this point brennan and booth are both like this she didn't do it Mm-hmm. And they're also mentioning the death of the sandwich perv. The sandwich and guy. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> I killed him too. Like at this yeah. point, by the end of this scene, she's admitted to, or she has confessed to two murders. And neither of us, I don't think, I don't know about you, but I don't think either of us is believing for a second. Oh, she confesses immediately she actually... to Kevin Duncan's murder. It was crazy. But the thing about yeah. the whole Dylan situation was Brennan's like, well, I don't know. Like, who? Somebody went and wrapped Dylan's body, put a rose in his hand, and wrapped him in a shroud. So it doesn't sound like something a murderer would do. Like, it's, yeah, uh, they're questioning her confession. Yeah. She basically just kind of writes it all off by saying, well, I'm, I'm screwed up. So, yeah, of course I would have done that. Mm. she did not kill this like i in my mind at this point of this episode i'm like there's no way she didn't kill either of these people Mm. and now we end up at like this this episode like a lot of episodes it goes bang 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 like a lot of things are happening back to back to back now we found kelly now we go to the royal diner Mm -hmm. and booth and brennan are having a little bit of a conversation saying exactly what we just said that there's no way that she killed these people yeah and fran walks in the sandwich perv's wife and she says you think that kelly morris killed dylan Mm -hmm. and you think that kelly morris also killed my husband Mm -hmm. 
well, I'm here to confess because I'm the one who killed my husband because he used me to get to these women Mm -hmm. and he was a sick bastard and Mm -hmm. he needed to die basically. And she gives them the gun. Yep. And Booth, it gives Booth the gun and Booth reads her rights and Brennan picks the gun up. (laughs) I thought that was a bit odd. Um, she confessed they have the murder yeah, weapon. Yeah, so I guess they don't really need, yeah, I guess they don't need you know, any further They don't need any prints, information you know? from it. But yeah, I liked how but... Booth in this moment when Fran first walked in, he invites her to jo- invites her to join them for coffee. But he does it oh, in yeah. such a nice way. Like, if I was, if I oh, walked yeah. into our diner and he invited me for coffee, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'd love to listen to Absolutely. all your murder investigation talk. It'd be great. <laughs> She should have gotten the free coffee and then at the end of the meal been like, oh, you know what? Then you give them the gun. Exactly. I killed my husband. Here's my By gun. By the way. Thanks for the coffee. <laughs> BT dubs. BT dubs. The donut was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we're back with Cam and Zach and Brennan yeah. and Hodgins mm. and Angela. Mm. Okay. We're just we're just on the forensics platform. That's where we are. Yeah. Um, and they have confirmed that... The ballistics, ballistics confirmed that the bullet from that gun matched. Yeah. So blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Confirmed. Fran killed him. Yes. But Cam <laughs> is of the opinion that Kelly Morris has confessed and they don't she need to look him. any further into this case. Yeah. And Brennan is saying she, there's no way that she, that she did this. Yeah. So... Cam seems like prove to it. give her exactly give the benefit of the doubt and says that they should use the magic holographic crystal ball thingy, which is the angelator, to help run this scenario through. But there's too many variables, so they end up trying to act it out in the next scene. Before that, yes, Hodgins interrupts them during this discussion of you know still trying to figure out who killed Dylan because Kelly's confession sucks. Hodgins interrupts again and he found the pipe that killed Dylan uh based on the schematics yes. of the Sorry. warehouse. No, no, it's fine. I just wanted to say that because this is like the third or fourth time that Hodgins bursts into the room and interrupts yeah. them. <laughs> he did it when well, during the garbage scene, he did it with the flower He's done it with the pipe. The pipe. Maybe one more. I don't know. He just keeps interrupting with these revel- revelatory evidence bombs. This proves, too, that he focused on the rose before the pipe. So, yes. which is what Cam had said to do, but it's just interesting. It's not mm-hmm. that far. It doesn't seem that far off. Like, he he gave him the flower. Which means, why did they argue about it in the first place when he yeah. was going to work on all of it anyway? Like, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. There's not even a power. It's not even an argument. You're going to look at both anyway. Yeah, it seems extremely stupid, but that's fine. Yeah. It's At least they found the murder weapon. Or not the murder weapon, but mm. which is what Brennan specifically tries. I just screwed up. Brennan would have told me off because Brennan tells everyone else off. Yeah. This isn't the murder weapon. He died from yeah. the fall. Mm-hmm. So that's nice that we found the pipe, but we're moving on. We are acting out a scenario. Yes. Apparently Angela can't use her angelator, so they're going to do it. They're going to play everybody yes. all the parts. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, at the end of this whole thing, basically they act out the scenario. 
Mm-hmm. And Booth comes to the realization, wait one second, we know that Kelly's lying and there's mm-hmm. only two people in the world that she would lie for. Mm-hmm. Those two people, out of those two people, one is dead because mm-hmm. one is Dylan and yeah. the other is Alex. Mm-hmm. So they figure out during the scenario that there must have been a third person. Mm-hmm. And it's concluded during this episode or during this scene mm-hmm. that they believe that that must be alex that alex must have been present when dylan had died mm-hmm. hopefully i didn't rush through that one too much but that was the no, gist of it yeah so we don't need to go into too much detail just that they finally get out of kelly like they finally get her to come in line with their theory that alex was actually the person who <clears throat> see the thing is okay, we'll talk about this in a second there's one thing i want to mention when they were doing the run through of the scenario like they were enact reenacting it yeah they wanted somebody to play kevin duncan the yes. sandwich perv and hodgins volunteers he says i'll play the perv i've already been called one today and yeah. i just i just i thought okay we're leaning into this idea like I think that they, I think they knew the writers knew he was a little pervy, and yeah, Maybe. I just think it's really funny that they're like I, leaning into this idea, you know. And he's I think in totally the past, camping, he was you know? pervy, but in this scene, no, okay. I find him to be okay, don't, cute. Don't you start? Because <laughs> there's issues later, baby. There's issues later. Uh, are there? Are there? Yes, we'll find okay. out. But I just want to say a couple of things. Yes. So let me all. say this. So they basically get Kelly to be in line with their theory that Alex was the one who was there when Dylan died. The lawyer that Kelly has is played by a woman named Tara Carcian. I encourage you to look at this woman's. This woman has been working since the 90s. I love her. She's a really, she's one of those people you go, oh, she's that girl. Like you see her, she has been, if you look at her IMDb, she's in like one episode of a show every year. So she has like, I think that's pretty cool. So she probably gets like residual checks and stuff for syndicated shows, whatever. Like she's getting paid. Like every year she gets a big paycheck and then she can kind of go do a movie or like, you know, audition for movies or whatever, because she's been in movies too. But I like that she's in like an episode, two episodes, and then she just kind of like, she just works consistently all the time. And she was in a show called Review with this comedian named Andy Daly that is brilliant it's so funny the show he does things like he reviews really stupid stuff it is really funny like it's a comedy comedy that's very i love andy daly he's one of my favorites so oh she was on the morning show oh yeah i haven't watched that but she's been on that recently yeah what that's she where i would have seen her well she has a very distinct voice i find her voice yeah. like really I love it. Like, I love how kind of gravelly it is. And it has a tone to it that I just, I really appreciate her voice so much. That's anyway, awesome. I love her. Okay. She's anyway, great. Kelly has to say goodbye to her brother and Booth yeah. walks away with Alex. And I have so many questions because like, 
Are they saying that he pushed him off the roof? Okay, this is yes. I wanted to talk to you about this because they don't really say how he... Like, there's no... There's no discussion about what actually happened. They think he was hit. Yes. And he was stunned. And then he... he fell backwards and he fell and Kelly tried to grab him and he fell through the window. So do you get charged for murder? I I think think... it's like a manslaughter situation. Yes. I would, I would think manslaughter and he's a minor. He's a baby. So yeah. Like how would she also, but would she also be charged for, obstructing probably yeah um not really aiding and abetting more of obstructing justice because she didn't help with the investigation right well and he also did this he was acting out basically because he thought that dylan was gonna take her away from him forever Mm -hmm. so she blamed herself it was just a really sad situation like she's only 15 years old she probably has ptsd now like her parents already died four years ago. Now this other horrible event happened to her. This poor girl is going to be a wreck. Like, this poor kid. This Alex too, though. Like Alex yeah. feels so bad about it because he loved Dylan. And yeah. he just feels bad because it was an accident. It sounds like it was kind of an accident-ish. Like he was angry, but yeah. at the same time didn't intend to like kill him or anything. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know how you think this next scene is problematic. I love it. <laughs> we're just gonna skip ahead to hodgins leaving a white rose single white rose on angela's desk while she's working she looks up and they lock eyes and then he leaves and she looks after him as he goes and she smiles and i feel like it was a little bit of like a almost like an olive branch like like a cute little like why you're the Juliet to my Romeo kind of situation. Oh God. I'm eating it up. God. You I know, love it. I know what they're doing. Like, I knew this last season. Like, when they started doing this, I know they're distracting us from Booth and Brennan. They're trying to give us a relationship so that we don't harp or want booth and brenda to get together so quickly because we're getting these two people together so i still have a lot of issues with it i did enjoy hodgins's buoyancy and joy in this in this particular episode yes he was very joyful yep he was that's all i'll say we'll just continue (laughs) i can't wait to see stay tuned for kelly's (laughs) transformation (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Into a full-on love affair with Hawkins. Let's talk about the next scene. Let's move on because there's okay. Yes, to talk about this is this scene was so absolutely one hundred percent necessary, and it was finally an opportunity for Brennan and Cam to get on the same page. They have been having this pissing match, and they needed to sit down and talk about it. Yes. So but basically, notice. Brennan is like, we have a problem. Yes. Yeah, but Tell notice, me. Cam is sitting alone at the Royal Diner eating French fries. Yes. That woman has never eaten a fry in her life, regardless. Well, she's trying to share them with Brennan now because she doesn't. Brennan, have a plate. no, we're not there yet. She's alone at the Royal Diner. 
Brennan meets her there. Now, question. Did Brennan ask to meet her there? Text Cam and ask where she was so she could meet up with her and talk? Brennan is, I feel like Brennan is the one doing the heavy lifting here. I think so. I think she's the one who's trying to solve their problem. Because I think Cam is too hot-headed to have done that. Yeah. And I think Brennan usually is as well, but I think she loves her job so much and she realizes that Cam is really the only thing that's standing in the way of her enjoying her job the way that she would normally enjoy it. So she's like, I need to do something about this. And tells her, like, we have a problem here. And Cam is hoping that there's a solution. (laughs) But Brennan says, uh, says to her straight up, she's like, it's not completely my fault. It's not your completely your fault. We were both right in certain aspects. Yep. And you should know that I'm a foster kid. And that's why I was so offended by some of the things that you were saying. Yeah. But listen, like, we got to come to some resolution about how we're going to, that's just this case. we got to come to some resolution about how we're going to move forward, how we're going to work together because I'm used to running things and now you're here and we got to figure it out. So they come to this conclusion that, Basically, Cam gives her this get out of jail free card, kind of like as a free pass to defy her. And she gets three defiances per week, (laughs) 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 which seems kind of stupid to me, but that's fine. I I feel like they need to come to some other conclusion, but that's well, anyway. So Brennan obviously kind of calls Booth out and tells Cam like Booth is the one who Booth already told you I was a foster kid, didn't he? Yeah, but anyway. They kind of bond over that because I I think that that was kind of a point where they kind of bonded because they do have both have this love for Booth. Right. Like this great relationship with him. Right. And they kind of bond over the fact that like Booth did what he thought was best. He's a good guy. You know. Also, it's not a secret she's a foster kid. Come on. Like, let's move. No, let's go on not. here, guys. Exactly. We all know now, okay? God. Yes. So then they, it kind of it pans out and they're enjoying I don't know why together. It's a, I don't know why it's a secret. Like, she should be very happy and proud of herself to have gotten herself out of a situation like that and persevered the way she has and gotten oh, like become sure. a genius like i don't know why it's a secret they should uh tout they should all these people when they do fundraising for foster homes they should bring her out to go look at the success story of one of our foster oh, children sure. like she should be doing fundraisers and stuff for all that like instead of keeping 100%. it a secret and it's oh it's so shameful it's like come on yeah it's not shameful especially like you said like she has created she's made a name for herself and she's this incredibly successful woman and she yeah. did that all despite the fact that she was passed yeah. from foster home to foster home exactly it's a point of pride i would think but also right. i i just don't <coughs> I'm just more on team Brennan than ever. I just Same. thought that Cam didn't handle it well. And again, depending on how this meeting came about at the meeting at the diner, depending on how that came to fruition, I think Brennan is the bigger man in this situation. It's like, I 100%. think Brennan making the effort to discuss it at all when Cam was willing to just fire her. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, especially ah. when 
to me, that shows that Cam is not fitting in and doesn't understand exactly. the dynamics of and, the But lab. it's not even the dynamics. It's how important Brennan is to the yeah. Jeffersonian, to the FBI. Like, she's people yeah. need her because she is a brilliant mind that can help them solve cases. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they they can't function the same way without her. It's like, very I don't think dismissive. the FBI would be working with the with the lab without her no and it's so dismissive of cam to not see that her value at all yeah like i agree seriously like we're on the same page well if you were a salesman at a company bringing in millions of dollars you would be treated yeah a certain way you know what i mean by your bosses yeah so for sure anyway so what'd you think overall i like this episode i really like that booth and brennan are back on the mm-hmm. same page back on track i like that there's this attempt to find some common ground between cam and brennan yes well, we can't go on how it's can't started. go on with this yeah you can't no. keep doing this every episode no no and like you have said before and we've agreed on like it is unfortunate that goodman's character was written off the show because I really think that that dynamic was really, really fun and light. And this is a little bit heavy with Cam kind of slamming her foot down a little bit, trying to swing her big old dick around, <laughs> <laughs> trying to say, um, I am the boss. Well, but the other problem what did you with think? it too. Well, this I was just gonna say the problem with it too is like I don't want this to go on because I don't like this depiction that like women can't work together, too strong, yes. uh, you know, accomplished, intelligent women can't get like come yeah. on, guys. Like I've been you know, in situations we can be bosses. Where, yeah, you can both be bosses and respect each other. You don't have to be best friends. I mean, listen, I've had to work with people I absolutely detest, but I am probably, I'm so, I can detach myself emotionally and not take things personally and Mm, just, I'm not very good at that. I can do it. I can be in a very conflicted situation with somebody. And if I have to work with them to get something done, I'll do it. I will set aside my personal feelings to get it done do you know what i mean i'll do it but i won't feel comfortable doing it like i'll oh, it's do not it comfortable i'll no, feel no, no. terrible it's not comfortable and it's yeah. like it requires a lot of emotional work to sort of steal yourself to prepare yeah to deal with this person but i feel at the end of the day and sometimes in those scenarios i can get to a place of like being able to relate on some level with them and like actually we can humanize each other and like you know relate to each other as people yeah if i can set aside the feelings you can actually get to a place of like civility and yeah compassion productivity level productivity (laughs) compassion all those things right because everybody has their own struggles right like we're all here doing the same thing yeah we're all just trying to do our best. So you have to kind of, that's how I look at it anyway. When I look at people that I have a problem with, I'm like, some people like even, okay, Greg's ex-wife. Yes. I'm never, I'm never going to be friends with that woman. No. But 
I can be in the same room. It takes work. I have to work like to be strong, to not be affected by whatever's happening, the conflict yeah, I have course. within me. But I, you know, if it's something for the kids, especially, I don't even think then about her. Then you can her. do it. I don't yeah. even think about her. Or Greg, even no. if I have to do it for Greg, if it makes him feel better that I'm there, then yeah, of course I'll do it for you. You know? Yeah, of course. That's we do that. eh? would like Greg and I will have this moment where it's like, I'll ask him like, do you need me there? Like, that's the question I ask. Do yeah. you need me to be there? Because if he says he yeah. does, then I know that the, he needs my support, you know, yeah. to deal with people that he might have issues with so I can be yeah. his, his buffer, you know, his rock. <laughs> <laughs> well it's good that's good mm. it's good to have that communication yeah it takes time anyway yeah. i don't know much how much we need to say i'm just really glad that we are finally into the meat of it now yes um and we'll see what the next one brings i have no idea what the next one is <clears throat> i guess on that note we can uh, close off and thank everyone for listening i really appreciate everyone coming along and i'm looking forward to the next episode of squint squint cast, cast. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that was our best yet Woohoo! bye <laughs> bye <laughs> thanks for listening to squint cast with me kelly booth and my and your new friend Brittany elsner the bones theme is performed by the crystal method they can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins! <laughs>